accepted it. My manager bought a five-pound bag of candy, and he set it on top of the refrigerator in our office. And it's just like, every time you walk past it, I'm like, no, no, no. And then all of a sudden, 100 grand is in my pocket. No. And then my peanuts is in my pocket. No, 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 no. And it's just, I, I, I can't stand that. Because he goes to Costco. Okay, guys. Bernie can be in the center of sitting on the table. Oh no, really? 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 He can be right now? He's in there? Yeah, let me let me just show you and uh, let you approve it first. In the meantime, I like the way that you (laughs) I saw it for a second. Oh, I love that. That is is awesome. (laughs) You can put that on the show? He's there now, look, we're moving. He was there. <laughs> awesome. And he's got the cross oh, on his left yes. shoulder. Oh, what's the show about? Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Helping people. That's awesome. Uh, we're helping Bernie out. So, I, real quick. I like <laughs> there he the is. <laughs> it's Bernie. Oh, that is so cool. You'd think he'd have more important things to do than join this podcast. Wow, we figured it out. No, we are. Not- not really. <laughs> not really. Sarah figured it out. That's awesome. You say chocolate. You think well. we could have got the man a chair though? Man, we went, we went, we went, we went from the days of a, we went from the days of a cell phone to to now being able to put Bernie into the podcast. Well, <laughs> let's be clear, we did. No, not we didn't well, do we nothing. Did. We got Sarah, and well, we didn't even do well, that. Jason did that. Well, 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 we got Sarah, and then her new assistant took the photo. Yes, I no, forgot. This is not the photo. Oh, she oh, no. shut me down. All right, yeah, so I yeah, don't know no, what's going on. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, another, yeah. There's New assistant didn't do anything. <laughs> there's another photo. But ate pizza. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Prodigal Bernie. He came in and ate pizza and drank coffee. Right. Let's, let's kick it off. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Prodigal Bernie. That's a Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 45 of the Prodigal Elijah, Son. you think you could bring a little more energy than this right now? <clears throat> Come on, we have a guest tonight. Bernie Sanders. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to episode 45 of the Prodigal Sons. Sorry I'm yelling, but I was told to come with the power, come with the strength, come with the energy, the agility, the strength, the tenacity. So what I'm going to do is just that. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm glad you're here. Good night. <laughs> and I'm out. But no, I'll seriously, seriously though, um, episode 45 tonight, and I always look at this. I know what I want to say, but I always, you know, mess it up. But um, episode 45, I'm not going to tell you the topic until I introduce everybody first. All right. So without further ado. To my right, we have Tom. Actually, Bernie, but I'm next to Bernie. Bernie's right here. <laughs> we have Bernie right here. All right. Say hi, Bernie. Over here, we got Tom. <laughs> Over here, we have Sean. How are you? All the way out yonder, we have Dave. What's up? <laughs> What? What is that? What? Can we introduce him yet? Or no? 
Can we mention him? I mean, you right, already we did. This, we have this. Uh, Your introduction's like four minutes. We have this over. assistant producer that's helping out by the name of Elijah, and of course, the head hot show, number one producer in the business, Sarah. Hey guys, I just learned about transparent backgrounds. Welcome, Bernie. That is awesome. Bernie, thank you for joining us today. I see that you're a bit cold. Uh, we'll turn the heat up, all right? We'll turn the heat up a little bit. Hey, Elijah. What's up? What's the topic today? The topic... <laughs> I'm at my glasses. I'm talking. The topic is about making a difference by volunteering your time and helping people. My time or your time? If you have time to spare, your time. If you need some of my time for you to help somebody else out, if there's a way we could do that... I would do that. There's a way. We'll do it. We'll figure it out. It'll be your time. It'll Fantastic. Be your time. All right. So, without further ado. If you guys don't recognize this guy right here, I know he hasn't been in the show for a while. How you doing? But uh, for the next 10 minutes, we're just going to let him talk. Yeah. A lot and, to uh, say. He's got a lot to say. Uh, his name is David Duncan, as in Duncan Donuts. Well, I had a few issues with the last show. I figured. I was indisposed. Okay. I had something came up, mm -hmm. and you guys just made light of it. First of all, or out, you said that there was a Dunkin' Donuts truck that was flipped over, and I had to stop and pick up donuts. That is really, I listen about that. I'm really glad you guys had my back and assumed that it wasn't a criminal action on my part. Because actually, what happened was I saw a Dunkin' Donuts truck, pulled the old pit maneuver. I spent four days in jail, uh, but I got a lot of donuts. That was great. He's always going to jail. What is it you in jail? What is it you in jail? When you purposely drive into a Dunkin' Donuts truck and flip it over and then steal all the donuts, they, they frown upon these things. <laughs> but didn't the police love you? Yeah, it was in New Jersey, so it was even I got one quick question. Yeah. How were you manage how did you manage to get the one box of donuts to us before getting arrested? I was with Lisa. Oh, she was you were there. I and I, I threw one at her, and she grabbed an Uber. Right. By she, one, you mean a box? A box, yeah. yeah. And she got the Uber, got here. Um, but it's fantastic. Yeah, so that was good. We appreciate you thinking about us. But I, I did want to pick on my man Tom here. You were, you were complaining about this microphone stand. It's all. working perfect. It's one of the worst experiences I've ever had in my life. You right, but... It's not moving. Because so the thing great. just kept wobbling. Wobble, 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 the wobble. The unmitigated gall. Of Tom. Wobble, wobble, wobble. To be upset about this mic stand. You see, you just wobbled it. I have never seen a better example, or a worse example for that matter, of victim blaming. When we started this show, on a shoestring budget, this is what we had. I took the worst mic stand, and I've made it work for 44 <laughs> episodes. I let you use it for once. One episode. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I can't believe Dave's got to fix this mic stand. <laughs> I have no idea what that note says that you just wrote down because you don't. Oh, hey, hey, yo, hey. yo, what, what are you doing? What, what? Seriously, Elijah, that's what are you doing? You had just stand. Horrible. You had just stand rested on mine. Oh man, what is this? You what guys are. What's the problem? Uh, Mike stands all of a sudden. Like, my first of all, fine. Uh, when, when you said you picked the worst stand, yeah. How you? This you, was supposed to be your mic stand the whole time. I did you a favor. Now you're mad at me about it? No, no. I am not mad at you at all. What I said on the show... You said Dave needs to get his house in order and he needs to fix this stand. That's what you said. 
I heard it. I wrote it on my wall. Did you get Did you get the house in order? Did you fix it? Did you Did you ever see the movie where Steve Buscemi has has the list? You're at the top. Wow. Here's the problem I had with the mic. The problem I had with the mic is nobody, no, no, no matter what I did, somehow I bumped the mic. It was always in my way. You already bumped it once no, talking to me. You look at you can't sit still. Yeah, no but look at it. What I did. No matter what I do, I don't ever bump mine. Again, that's because <laughs> you got to the chin up level. <laughs> <laughs> All right. While I have while I have the mic, okay. I would like to do a rant, but I am going to let you guys pick the rant. I like that. <laughs> You guys want to rant on parking lots, drugstores, or masks? Masks. I knew Tom was going to say that. What do you guys want? What do you guys want? Parking lots, drugstores, or masks? I hate parking lots, but I'm just going to say drugstores. Yeah, yeah to, to make it to make him pick. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, this isn't. <laughs> you knew your, that wasn't going to work. What's your worst two? Let me give you three options, guys. No, no, what's, your, what's your worst two? What do you mean, my worst? Masks or park or masks or what? What's the definition? What gets you going? What gets you which, going? Which is the your, your most heated part? Yeah, what gets you going? Yeah, what gets you going? At the moment, yeah, I would have to say drugstore. Go, go, go for it. Go. go. I had some pretty nasty oral surgery two weeks ago. They drilled up into my. They used a robot. They put it in my mouth and drilled it. So they put me on. Is that why your breath still smells bad? Yeah, it's terrible, right? <sighs> How is this, Tom? Why am I always the victim of all the jokes? <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting next to me. What, what you got? So they put me you on chose pain medication. The table. No. May I? May I? If it's okay with you, I'd like to have a rant. <laughs> they put me on three different medications, and they said it's important that you start them immediately. I said okay. We already. And this was my my oral surgeon's an hour from my drugstore. We already sent them to your drugstore. They'll be there when you get when you get home. I drive home. I pull into the I pull into the line at the drugstore. It's ten cars deep, and I, I said. So a half an hour later, I get up to the window. I said, you know, here, Dave, I got to pick up my medication. And they go, yeah, uh, give us like fifteen minutes. And I go, so fifteen minutes? Do I just go to the back of this line because it took me half an hour to get through the first time? And he's like. Uh, better make it 45 minutes. Because he didn't like your attitude? He he made it more? No, I think or? he was just telling me the truth. Oh, okay. So I went home. Yeah? And I stayed there for two hours. Okay. And I went back to the drugstore. Waited in line for another half an hour. Got up to the window and said, my name's Dave, I need my medication. And they said, uh, yeah, just give us a few minutes. My question is this. And I'm not trying to put down all the pharmacists that are listening to this Please podcast don't. right Please now. Please don't, because <laughs> one loves us very much. Just so, be careful. What you I'm say. sure there's, I'm, I'm sure there's good ones out there, but whoever was working that night wasn't. So I'm just going to complain about that one. Can you okay. tell us which one it was? Uh, her name was Jen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But here's my question: of all the jobs, and I'm sure there's some paperwork involved. You have to take pills out of a box and put them into a circular type Cylinder. of cylindrical thing with a childproof cap. What's the problem? Is it the childproof no. cap? No. Do the pills fight back? It's the butter knife looking object that they need to scrape them in. Oh, oh so maybe they lost the butter knife? Is yes. that what's going on? Because yes. to me, it looks like from... Uh, now, I'm, I'm an idiot, alright? I'll be the first to announce that. I'm an idiot. I second that. But from... From my perspective, it looks like my my two year old would not only do that job well. I just said two, three, would do that job well, 
So you don't have a two-year-old? No. I don't even think I have a three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what I mean is a two-year-old or a three-year-old would not only do that job well, they'd love to do the job. You get to play with this box. You get to play with the cylindrical type. Of, and you get to put stickers on the thing. How hard is this job? And why does it take six hours to put it in a, in a little thing? I'm done. I dropped the mic, but I don't do that with this mic. I won't drop this mic. All right. How about how about we have no comments and you give me the cliff notes on the mask one? No comments, cliff notes, mask one. That one's more serious. That one's more okay. serious. We'll do that another. I'll keep it in the hopper. Okay. I'll keep it in the hopper. All right. Dave, I'm sorry you went through that experience. Yeah, me too. Um, hey, for any any pharmacist out there that may be listening, watching, please, if you're only listening, tune in so you can see what I look like. So when I come for medication and you happen to be the person there, you don't give me placebos. I get the actual medication that I need. Thank you. You know, I think it's okay to have some controversy. This could be our, you know, the, so, the pharmacist controversy. Good. Because that'll sell, too. They'll share. They'll say, look at what this guy said about this thing. And then they'll share it. And we'll get more listeners. Okay. We don't read the comments anyway. So, well, we during the week, we, 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 the ones on the show, we, we read. So, is the controversy the reasons that you gave that possibly held up the process? Or, or the fact that it just wasn't ready forever till you got when you got there? I wasn't listening. What'd you say? <laughs> I was reading the comments. I was trying to understand Lisa Duncan's comments. But you know what? That is exactly what happens there. They're reading their phone and they're reading their That's comments. And if I were on Facebook, I'd find it very difficult to count pills and put them in a bottle. Because I think those stickers print out and they're supposed to bottle them up as the stickers print out. But if they're checking their, their Instagram, their IG likes or Snapchat, because nobody uses certain other social media things anymore if you're a certain age, then, you know, they, oh, man, because I do it, you know, you go to McDonald's, you order your food, and you drive up, and the person's there looking at their phone, and it's like, you know, my soda could have been here already, but you're on your phone. Yeah, see, but you Drop just, you just equated a six-year degree with, McDonald's. with something a 14-year-old could do. I'm just saying a six-year degree, you'd think you'd be able to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, put them in a bottle, sticker, done. Here you go, sir. Been doing that since Sesame Street, my man. That's right. Oh, I don't oh, know where we oh. are. So, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, so you didn't ask him what, what like, just out of curiosity, I'm, which is cool. Thank you very much. Just out of curiosity, what, what took so long? No, I, I can't do that because I am not Tom. Tom can can provoke that sort of like I love you no matter what but I'm going to ask this question I'm going to do it tactfully and they would look at you smile and give you the answer me it would end up being a rant which is why, which is why I do a rant segment and which is why I have to be nice and not talk to people if I'm angry scientists what do you have to say um if there are anybody who would like to tell these guys off I will figure out a way to get your um, explanation oh I love that idea listen I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with them. All I'm saying is like what you would say if it was Tom. Tom be like, he get his medicine. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for giving me the medication that I need to help my body. Are you okay today? <laughs> Are you yeah. Okay? What, is there anything I can pray for you? Well, it, I want to pray for you because it, it took a little bit of time to do, <laughs> and I want to help you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. What's your name? Oh, God. This is what happened, okay? They'll give you the whole rundown. Dave's like, hey, dying over here. 
Hey, hey, my pills. What's going on? What's the problem? Sean just rides up. How are you? Sir, those aren't even your pills. They are now. Listen, I love my pharmacy. It takes 15 minutes to get from my doctor to the pharmacy. They're done when I get there. I don't have to worry about it. Here's my thing. If you have a problem with anything I've said here, if I offended you in some way, then I would happily, happily let you share with me a link to your podcast where you rant about me. Go for it. Hope I inspired you. I will happily support that podcast. Does anyone know? <laughs> 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 All right, that that's it for my rant. Uh, we want to do a little. I, I, I got I got a question just because the husband doesn't even know. Lisa, you got to explain. Got the Uber? How old are you? Do we miss it? <laughs> so I I'm not sure what the got the Uber part of that is, but she's asking how old I am because I'm so bad with ages. Not only of my children, I don't know how old I am most of the time. I think that's what she's asking. Because no, most people, because most people are like yo. Get an Uber, no or I guess the terminology you use is like ancient. I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure. Look at Sean Clarkson. That's funny. Should have waited in the way. Should have stayed there. Waited. Stayed there. Fifteen minutes. All right, cool. Okay, cool. Turn your car off. Turn the radio up. Put your feet up. Yeah. So John Clark writes, "You should have waited in front of the window for fifteen minutes the first time around. That way, nobody else could get in front of you, and the drugstore couldn't make any more money till you moved." That's a good play. I don't do a lot of fast food anymore, but back when I used to do it, sir, could you pull up? No. No. <laughs> no, I'm going to sit on this timer until you give me my food. If I pull up, I'm not on the timer anymore. You can take your sweet time. I am hungry now. <laughs> so you can pull a time in a situation like that. 15 minutes, okay. You can turn the car off, put it apart. In the beginning, pull out your Bible. <laughs> is that what it is? Because of the timer? Yeah, there's the... a timer on yeah. the pad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I just thought it just because it was... Oh, oh, interesting. Yeah, they weren't doing that for your business. And you know what? Time. On your phone, there's this little thing that you can... There we go. All right, let's move along. Wait. Uh, I'd hate to do it, but I think we need to go to the weight loss challenge and and, and, and just see who's see who's in the lead. I think, I think we could skip that this week. No, I, you know, we the last week or two weeks ago when you won, you know, uh, we, we took the time to do it. And, and I'm not sure who won this time or who's in the lead right now, but I feel like we should take the time. Our listeners probably want to know. We're all and winners I, right now. And I would like to let the listeners to know that. Whoever is winning this contest, once we found out, it's it says a lot about the coaching that he's getting. So let's see who's winning. Just so you guys know, Dave's <laughs> coach just got his phone number today. <laughs> Literally. It, it says here Dave has lost a, an astonishing, frankly, remarkable 11.6 pounds. He used to weigh in with nickels in his pocket. Go ahead. What is that? His dimes. And... That makes it 4.17% lost. 4.17? Okay. It looks here like Sean has dyslexic. lost a mediocre? Wow. Ooh. What's another word? I feel like that's a little strong. You know, just give us the numbers. Eight pounds, which is, you know, that's applaudable. That's... That's applaudable. Eight pounds. That's done. At two point four nine percent. Which which number is bigger? Is it double? Is that did you double him? You no, it's not quite double. Four point nine. Quite four point one seven percent. Two two point four nine. It's not no, double. No, 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 it's not Clearly, double. these guys need to go back to school for reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but but he's right. We're we're not good at knowing that kind of stuff. But I know that four is bigger than two. 
and I'm bigger than you. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna look nice Listen, with a bleach goatee. But seriously, if we were playing golf, I'd be winning right now. Absolutely true. Yeah. But if you were bowling, you wouldn't. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> my, that's what about what I average? I'm bowling a four. Wow, that's bad. Bogies. Are we, yeah. So are we well, luck, luckily for luckily for me, the donut shop is a mile and a half from my house, and to run there and back, I mean, it's. Uh, don't lie, you didn't run. Listen, whatever it was, did no, you I meant have... metaphorically Metaphor running. I'm gonna like I'm gonna run out to the donut shop, but <laughs> run. It's nice when you're not here because you buy us donuts. When you're here, you don't get the donuts. This is true. So this is true. I was trying to sabotage Sean, and it didn't work. No, I no, grabbed I that box, opened it up, and I definitely chowed down on some of them. I was girl. told Sean did not have one of the donuts that I had delivered. No, by no. my beautiful assistant. No. no. What, what, Sean, what, I mean, if I was going to sabotage you, Boston Market? Don't worry about it. Mm. Don't worry about no, it. No, like you can't Market. sabotage them. What do you eat? Crepe. You can't sabotage Crepes are good. Crepes. Crepes are good. Uh, yeah, he's his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> his eyes are good. You know what you can sabotage them with? Some hummus. Yeah. I can spike the hummus. With what? How much, how much sugar do you think we can get in the hummus before he noticed? How much sugar can I, I would get notice in it? Yeah, I think we can. It's not sweet at all. I notice it. immediately. Flowing like milk. Right into his hummus. <laughs> All right. Oh. Okay, so we did the Dave rant. We did the the Dave winning the weight loss challenge uh, over Sean. Oh, that, is that what we did? Yeah, Dave won. Um, no, Dave's in the lead. I am lead. having a little bit of trouble uh, eating eating healthier, though. I do have to mm -hmm. say, even you, though I won this week, seriously, I'm a little worried. You can what, continue what is, continue being the hair. Okay. Have you ever Before heard of Sanayo. Have you ever heard of Zach Taylor? No. If I put president in front of it, have you ever heard of President Taylor? No, right? No. No, he, he's the 12th president of the United States. Can't believe you didn't know that. He died from eating strawberries. I have a legitimate fear of fruit now. I just found this out. He's the 12th president of the United States? He was. He's dead. <laughs> died quite a while ago. <laughs> It was probably from Pastor Pete's driving. No, apparently they had this celebration thing, and he ate a bunch of strawberries like strawberry and, and had some sort of colon thing going on, and yeah, he's dead. Wow. So it's one I, way to go. I mean, I now I'm worried. I just heard this story. Now I'm worried about eating fruit. Zachary Taylor, he's right. I think I'm going to go and back to donuts. Twelve, right? A general and a national I hero. Think when the fruit goes into the donut, it somehow purifies it. But if you eat the raw fruit, which is what Mister Zachy did. Killed him. So, Killed him. so uh, that's why, because he 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 served from 1849 until his death in July 1850. So that's what I said. He's one year dead. So you think it's something with the number? Do you think the 21st president had a problem with strawberries? Uh, who was the 21st president again? Chester A. Arthur. You know that's not right, but we don't. We're not smart enough to tell you a different. Check it. See if it's right. I hope. Anyway, check it. So okay. what number? <laughs> 21, he said. It's, uh... Oh, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> such a good guess. Yep. I Just saw in your after. eyes you had no idea. That was awesome. Uh, anyway, are we going to talk about the Lord tonight? Uh, seems like, seems unlikely. I think we should. Probably should. Uh, oh, I do have something I want to discuss real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, boy. You were there. Okay, then I'm cool. You know what it was. Okay. So... Tom and I, I came over today to meet with Tom and Pastor Pete uh, for some, some church business. 
And uh, so we all decided to go to lunch. So we decided to let Pete drive. Oh, and did you let him go? That, that van. Oh my god! I have goodness. to say that van he got that that many. That is an amazing. It's I think, literally I think we a pay him way shuttle. too much. We pay him way too much as a pastor. But that being aside, I don't know why he bought it. He can't drive it. Oh no! You're gonna I, do this? Yeah, I am gonna it, do this. It, it, we, it's he's got no. We choice. were on Main Street. It was bad, and he had to parallel park. <laughs> and before he even does it, he goes, "Oh crap! I'm gonna have to do this. People are gonna be very hateful in a minute." I could have backed an 18 wheeler into <laughs> yeah. this spot. Yeah. First try, yeah. mind you. Pete did, what was it, about an 85 point? <laughs> Seriously. The thing, he's not exaggerating. He's not exaggerating. And then when he finished, he was still three feet away, so we had to continue to keep going. He we had to get this. out and lift. He did this to get closer. He kept doing this. Oh, I got silenced. <laughs> and, and, and the car that he's got's got cameras all around. Yeah. Oh. All so, around. So you can so see everything. He doesn't have smart pack. He does not have Smartpock. But well, he's the, got the sensors yelling at him, right? No. You have to get close cameras. enough so for it to yell. He's got the backup camera. He's got the sensors. Does that thing have a TV? No, that's what I said. It's the only thing it doesn't have that it, it could use you know, a TV. This, I, this should I, get a driver. As much as I would love to pile on, it's simply a, a matter of upbringing. Because it is. when you grow up in the city, that's just such a normal thing. I remember when I was on the impact team out in farm country and I lived in the city. We went somewhere to do an inner city project. The director of the team, who's a, a, a doctor, he, he looks at me and he goes, I haven't parallel parked in 30 years. I'm going to need you to do this. So, I mean, it's, it's not a matter of intelligence or manhood. It's muscle memory. It's Yeah, it's, it's muscle memory. <laughs> but, how, but how cool <laughs> is it, though? So but how cool, because I did that the other day when we were in the car. How cool is it when you look at the spot? When you look at the spot and the average... <laughs> I'm just wrote, this is a sin. This whole thing is a sin. Listen, how, I still how cool love you, people. When you ride up on the street and you look at a spot that anybody else would be like, no, I'm going to look. You just be like, eh. And you cut the wheel, you just. Yep, one shot. Up, and then just boom, and then put one it in the park. Like, and then you look around and see yeah. everybody was like, <laughs> yeah. I did that. That was yep. me. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I love him, but. I forgot all about that, though. That was hilarious. I, listen. I did forewarn him when he parked that this was coming up this evening. Yeah. So it now, wasn't like I, I didn't tell him beforehand. I, I do have a, a simple question, though. Not to pile on, but... Mm. <laughs> did one of you guys videotape this? No. no that would have made too much sense. That's a shame. But yeah. when we... I'm wondering if this should be the punishment for him. Remember we were looking for a punishment? For <laughs> we the take him places and make him parallel park. Oh. <laughs> We take him somewhere. We, yes. could set, we could set up cones, or we could, or we could we could put like the church van there. So if he hits it, it's not that big a deal, or whatever. But then we videotape it, and then we put it on our Facebook page. We should do that. That's the that's the. Oh, so the thing is, when he hits the cone, we put we put Bernie in. He's knocking Bernie over. When we finished eating, we were getting back in the car. I was like, "Are you gonna be all right pulling out?" <laughs> Luckily, the person that was popped yeah, the in the swap behind us was gone. Was he had gone, two so. car lengths to... Is Bernie to, still here with us? Yeah, Bernie's still here. Yeah, still Bernie's... I don't think he appreciates Pastor Pete's bad driving. I gotta say, here. Bernie has not laughed at any of our jokes. <laughs> yeah. no. He's cold! Yeah, he is cold. <laughs> it's not that cold in here. It's really not. Not enough for, for him. Is he sitting or is he doing a Gundam style? What is he doing? I don't know. Tom, did, did Bernie give you that hat? It kind of matches the... The mitten this, this this hat was made out of love. Uh, my mother-in-law made this for me. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty Does she hat, make Bernie his gloves, too? No, no. No, same material, though. <laughs> Very warm. Is that yeah. Tyrone Bigham's other hat? 
Well, that's dead that's air. So it begins. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a lot of editing going uh, on later on. Well, thanks for joining us. That was episode number 45. <laughs> and we made you laugh. <laughs> we made you laugh. <laughs> we made you cry. I'm sure there's a lot of crying during this episode. Have so we far. ended the show three times already? I No, we will by the I mean, time. Right after the intro, we're like, we're done. Yeah. Well, anyways. All right. What are we talking about tonight? Helping huh? people. Huh? And how wonderful our church is in doing that. And how wonderful you guys are doing are at uh, helping people as well. Well, I got to tell you, I'm personally super, super, super excited about this episode it. that we are doing today because we are talking exactly about what it is that God calls us to do on this earth. Amen. Right. So it's exciting for me. So I'm going to go ahead and read the verse of the day, which comes from Isaiah 58.10. We just got serious. Let's do this. Okay. Feel the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. Mm. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. <coughs> now, that, that verse has so much meaning in it. Because, you know, it's telling you feed the hungry and help those in trouble, right? But then where it goes on is... is is the after effect of what happens after you do something good, right? So when you do something good to somebody, you usually make a difference in that person's life. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is that person will give a smile to someone that they probably wouldn't have gave a smile to somebody because they were having a bad day. And then all of a sudden, that smile they gave that person was something that that person needed. That At that moment, that person needed a smile, right? So that light that you lit starts spreading out in the darkness, and gets people aware. And I always tell people, imagine if we could all live like that. What a different world this would be if everybody would just show love at all times. It only takes one time. Like it takes it takes one act and just being kind once. If it doesn't fill you with that certain that it, it fills you with that makes you have that certain feeling like wow, like it makes you want to do it again. Like like you like I know when you got when you help somebody, you love the way it makes you feel, and you're like, all right, I'm on to the next person I can yeah. help. So what I found in, <clears throat> you know, my mature adulthood, oh, don't roll your eyes, Mr. Elijah, but no, seriously, what I found in, in my life is this, is, um, we buy into this false narrative, uh, that when we have time, we're going to give it. And when we have money, we're going to give it. And I was bought into that for a long time. It's like, oh, I, I don't give money to the church because I don't have any money yet. Or I don't give any time to any, you know, I don't, I don't volunteer any of my time because I don't, I don't have any extra yet. But that's not, that's what I love about uh, God's kingdom is the economy is different than our economy. And, you know, math, to make mathematical sense, you would give away your surplus when you have a surplus. You would give away your time when you have time to give. You would give away your money when you have money to give. But what we found in, in God's economy was, is that he says, uh, in the measure that you give, it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together. In other words, if you give abundantly out of the out of the kindness of your heart, it will be given to you abundantly. And so Lisa and I found this years ago, is that when we didn't have money and we gave, not only did it bless us, not only were, were did we find that, um, you know, we, we loved the the we loved helping people. And when we had time and we give it away to an event, we love the feeling of being able to give. But 
God seems to provide more in those moments, more money. Because it's almost like your kid, you know, when they say, it's, it's almost like a child saying, well, give me an allowance or give me all the money and maybe I'll do something good with it. Mm. But if you see your child do something good with the little bit that they have, then you just want to give them more, right? Mm. So that's that's like the, the way I see it. And so when we talk about helping, volunteering, giving to organizations, I just wanted to stop people from that trap of listening to this podcast and saying, well, you know, someday when I have time or when I have money, I'm going to give it. You know, that's not the way God works. And he wants you to be to be um, responsible with what you have. He wants you to be giving with what you have. And, 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 and there's a very thin line between giving for the blessings, right? Giving so you can get blessings from God. Right, and that's not what I'm saying. It's not what he's saying. And, nope. and I even wrote down the word love because he specifically said we loved what we were doing. We loved helping people, right? So we're called to help people, and, and, but, but, but don't do it because, oh, I want to get something in return, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of Christians fall into that where, where they're giving uh, money because they just want to, you know, a lot. And, and some preachers preach that give and you're yeah. going to get abundantly blessed, which is in the Bible. But, but a lot of people mistakenly like, all right, I'm going to get rich by yeah. giving the God. They use this it as a, as a Vegas tag. Yes. Of like this is yes. instead of gambling, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give some money to the church and then it's going to be multiplied to me. That's a great okay. way to put it. This is the way the Bible says that it will be given back to you. But God is smarter than you. God is smarter than me. Amen. He knows the desires of our heart. He knows Amen. if you're giving it out of a, out of out of you know your mindset of he's going to give it back to me. You know God can see uh, your hand, the full yeah. hand. But like you said, like the, he knows the goodness of our hearts. Like somebody, somebody, somebody had recently told me it was like you know you get back what you put out, and. For the life of me, I never understood why. And I always go back to, you know, things that's been happening to me and the blessings that I've been receiving. Everything I've always done, I just felt as though is what I was supposed to do. So me helping somebody, me doing something for somebody or, you know, me making sure somebody is okay. is something that I was just raised to do. I don't feel like I'm doing anything special or anything, you know, out of the ordinary. So when I do receive blessings, like, again, I had to learn to just take them and be grateful. Like, when I do receive stuff, I'm just like, why me? You know what I mean? Like, when people don't get anything, they're like, why aren't you giving me anything? But when right. I get stuff, it's like, why me? Like, I'm not doing anything extra. I'm just just being the good person that I'm supposed to be. And I want to stop you right there because one of the greatest quotes I've ever had um, heard came from a, a good friend of mine. His name is Elijah Griffin. And, and, and he said, That's the, 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 the blessings that I'm getting are the answers that I was looking for. Mm. Mm. Remember when he said that, how powerful that was? And if you tie that into what he's talking about, it makes complete sense, right? Here we are. The blessings that you're getting come from, and he even went on. If you go to our church service and listen to it, he even went on. And when he started naming the blessings, he didn't name his car. He didn't name it his apartment. He didn't name the money. The blessings that he named were the church, right? The prodigal sons, the relationship that he's been building. Those are the blessings that he's talking about. So when you give from a giving heart, without, then those are the blessings that we're talking about, right? And, yep. and those are the ones that richly um, 
I don't even know what the word. The, the, it just it, that's what grows us, right? So by by us doing that, by us blessing and helping people, we in turn grow ourselves, and it's awesome. And I've grown. Yes, I could talk about this subject for three hours. I'll yeah. try. I'll try not to, but I. I do remember the first time Lisa and I went through a really challenging time early in our marriage. Um, you know, a, a big job loss at a really bad time. And that's part of our testimony, our financial testimony. But when God was getting us through and showing that he was faithful, um, you know, that we decided to tithe and it was the hardest year we've ever had. Uh, but God, God just kept proving us faithful or pro proving that he was faithful, meeting every need. And so I remember the, the first Christmas we got to after I'd lost my job, you know, we decided we were going to give money away to uh, people who needed it. Um, no joke. And we were driving this old dumpy minivan and we had like $400 that we, I mean, truthfully couldn't afford to give away, but we were going to, and it was Christmas Eve or uh, 23rd, 24th of December. And we were driving down the highway to go give this money away. And the van transmission exploded. And we like coasted it down the off ramp and we're sitting there and we look at each other. And after what we'd been through that year, I just remember like I looked at her, she looked at me and we literally said the same thing at the same time. We can go give this money away anyway, right? <laughs> we just lost our car and we're like, we're going to go do this. We borrowed a car and went and gave away the money. And I'm not saying that another car showed up the next day, but God proved that he was faithful. <clears throat> right. And that's, and that was not from a, hey, we need a car. Let's go give this money away so God will give us a car. I mean, that it was just we had found the joy of being a blessing. And that, I mean, it, that's what it says. It's truly are more blessed to give than to receive. So I, I think time and money are very similar. I was just going to say, when you, like, when you talk about that, I do remember a story that you are doing the right thing. And it is coming from a place of love because I remember you telling the story once. Um, don't want to embarrass her, but one of your little ones, you know, you were talking about like donating money. Yeah. And she grabbed her, went and grabbed her piggy bank or her money. It was like, let's, here, take it all. Let them, let them have it all, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's just a testament of practicing what you preach and your little one seeing that and following in those footsteps. Yeah. When my, my, my oldest daughter was four years old, she gave away every penny she had. She didn't really understand the concept of money. She just wanted to help people. And so, to me, it, it gave me such an idea of what God sees when he sees his children give. Uh, and again, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time. I'm talking about volunteering. I'm trying, talking about helping needy people. When, when he sees his children who really don't understand money, I mean, we don't, we don't understand what a good, what makes a good economy, what doesn't. We have ideas. We just guess. Well, she just wanted to do something nice. But when you see that the, that the child's desire is to bless others, oh, man, tell me you don't want to take care of that kid. Absolutely. I mean, that kid that night wanted to stay up late and eat ice cream, and guess what she got to do? <laughs> <laughs> so. That's great, man. I want to read something real quick because I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited. Uh, brother D found this. Uh, it's uh, it's Matthew twenty five, you know, and and it's so 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 powerful of what we're talking about. I, I love the Word of God because you just you can find something for for everything. And uh, listen to this: when the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before him 
will be gathered, all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the word of the world. From the foundation of the world. That's important. Remember that. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did, as you did it to one of the least of my brothers, you did it to me. Mm. <laughs> that that goes hand in hand. A couple weeks ago, I I, I told you guys that uh, Tom, who was here last week, his dad's one of my mentors, and his dad taught me that he goes around life looking as at everybody as they were Jesus, Jesus Christ, there, right? right there. And that that ties it in right there. You know, and when I told you, remember when he says, prepare you from the foundation of the world, from the foundation of the world, right? What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that from the beginning, from, from, the beginning, from, from what we do here or not, from the serving that we do. That's how we build our relationship with God, guys, is, is by building relationships with other people. I say that a million times. That sounds like a broken record, but it all ties in together. There's a reason why God wants us to be missionaries of this world, which is what we're talking about, local missions and how to get involved in local missions with your church, right? And and that passage right there just says it all, man. It says it all. That means the person on the street that you pass by and you don't get food, you just pass by Jesus and you didn't give him food. This is what I talk about when I say the the weird, God's weird economy and the paradox because you believe, we kind of all have this innate nature to go to people who are more powerful than us and hang out with them more rich than us and hang out with them it's a good time we hang out at the party right um but that's a that's the thing is god doesn't want us to hang out with the kings i mean he wants us to have a relationship with them just like anybody else like pastor pete was saying on sunday but in god's economy the least are the greatest you know it he wants us to go to the least that's what he did. He didn't come to overthrow the government. Jesus came to come in like a lamb and be crucified. Read that verse right there. <laughs> Read verse Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as the ransom for many. <clears throat> so how this, do we get... How do we... Symbiotic over here. You see this? That's what it comes from. Hours and hours of not training. <laughs> okay here we go (laughs) but so let's let's start out with this why do we think that because it's a proven statistic that most americans and even if you go less than that most americans who um identify as christian they're not tithing they're not volunteering they're not helping the needy so i'd like to identify maybe some reasons why we think that they are not and not because they're bad people, 
And then why don't we talk about some ways that they could? How about that? I actually love that idea because a lot of the times it's just not knowing how to get involved. I th- yeah, I mean, people people have the link. People, and so far I was listening to a sermon, um, Pastor John Jenkins, um, <clears throat> and he was saying that sort of what you were, sort of the same thing you're saying, Dave, but he was saying that when you ask someone that's supposed to be like in the church doing their thing, Hey, how you doing today? I'm highly blessed and highly favored. Like they have the lingo, they have the lingo down, but they're not doing the work. Well, and I think it it doesn't automatically mean that they're not doing it like that they're bad people. No, no, I'm not saying that. I think that as I was thinking about this this week, I think there's a couple of reasons why people are not, I don't want to say not able, but not willing or, or, or have not been in the past helping. I think one of the major reasons is that they don't think the little that they can give would make a difference. And so it's kind of just like, well, all I have to give, it's like the widow, right? All I have to give are the two mites. All I have to give, all, all the single mom who's got three kids who says, all I have to give, the only thing that I have to give is 10 minutes of time a week. And they say, well, what difference will that make? You know, they just feel helpless. But you know what? That 10 minutes will make a huge difference. Even if you just meet one person or or volunteer at a soup kitchen for 10 minutes and feed three people, that'll make a difference. The other thing that I thought, too, that <clears throat> is that people are very sheltered. And we talked about this with our um, uh, social media stuff. Like we only get we tend to only surround ourselves with people that are in the same position as us, which are people who may like. You know, low middle class, middle class, upper middle class, and they don't really need, they're not needy people. And so we've maybe gotten to the point where we're afraid of stepping out of our comfort zone. In other words, like, I don't, I don't know how a homeless person acts. Am I going to be in danger? Am, you know, am I going to offend them? Am I going to, you know. That's one of those. Are they going to buy drugs with the money? (laughs) That's what they always say. But it's, it's. You're right. You're absolutely right. But that's also one of those things that, like, anybody would say, and I know that something Tom would probably say, like, you gotta walk, you gotta step out there on faith, yeah, and believe because you're come because you're doing it from the heart, yeah, that you know God's will is with it. You know what I mean? So I'm giving this person something to eat, and even if they don't use it for food or what you gave for, you're still trying to do the right thing, and God yeah. sees that. Now, if you guys don't know out there in the uh, audience land, uh, Mr. Tom Rivera and, and his beautiful wife, Claire, they run an outreach program. So, Tom, what do you think? What have you seen about reasons why people don't want to volunteer, don't want to give? Well, what I wanted to say is that feeding the homeless and helping the needy are not the only ways you can help people. That's just two ways of hundreds and thousands of ways you can help people. Right. So, for example, he said that my wife and I run an organization called Illumination Community Outreach. Right. So we let's just let, let's say me and my wife help the homeless. Right. But 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 we would need people to, to work on a website. Right. That's just as important as feeding the homeless. We would need people to maybe make up care packages that we would take to the homeless. That's just as important that to, to as it is to feeding the homeless. Right. So I believe and even in our own church right here, there's many different ministries and missions that we work with that that people just don't know about the things that can do. I actually, the last Sunday of 2020, 
was the one that the wife and I kind of did a split thing. And, and, and I went over a list of, of things that, that church members can get involved in, right? Um, so I just don't necessarily want people to think that I'm sitting up here saying, God wants you to feed the homeless. God wants you to go into the trenches and, and, and go out there and be have faith in God. No, you, you can sit at home in the comfort of your own bedroom and make little cards saying, have a great day. I'll take those little cards. I'll put them in care packages. We take those to the homeless. That's just as important as the person who's out there doing the work. And I just think it's a matter of people not knowing ways to get involved. So I guess one of our action steps can be, just ask questions just ask questions is a beautiful action step yeah find somebody who's doing something and ask what can i do yeah these are my talents how can i give them yep use it's like nothing like and when you say that i sit back and i think about like all the things that just a few things that we've done just us sitting up here like sean will lead like you'll lead like talk back time and stuff like that that's a ministry you guys are doing your illumination and your shelter dave Built the whole room <laughs> in the church, the fireside room. Um, when I did the basketball camp, and a lot of us was here during when we used to have breaking bread. We used to serve doing that. Even me standing out there in the cold, directing cars to pull into the parking lot for breaking bread. Like it might have only been ten minutes, but there were vans that may have had handicap that had handicapped people in it that needed to know where to go. It was so like sixty two degrees out that day. No, dude, it was not. I'm pretty sure I had on a coat, a vest, and a hoodie. Yeah, I mean, pretty sure. I mean, I know Sean wants to say something, but I just I'm want to sorry, say something Sean. real quick. It's 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 like you know we're, we're the body of Christ, right? Amen. Hands do something that the eyes do, right? The feet do something differently. So everybody in the church working together could accomplish a lot of great things, right? So we can sit here and talk and 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 educate and 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 motivate, right? But without Sarah on the background, then a lot of that won't be possible. And the reason I bring that up is because that's what I'm saying. There's just so many other things that people can do and they just, do, they're not, a, they don't know. Um, one of the things that I am doing for this church currently is I'm actually making that list of, of possible things that you could do from painting to, to, to even cleaning like a toilet or something. You know, there's just a lot of things that you can do in the church to get involved and not necessarily just feeding the homeless. Like how plain our walls are. Like we may have an artist somewhere listening or watching and maybe able to hook that up. You know, little design. So, make it nice. Something. But you're not, Jesus actually isn't going to call me to clean a toilet, right? No. So we all have our own uh, gifts, right? We all have our own gifts that, that we're good at. Because I think that's that's just a bridge too far. No, no, he won't call me to do that either. Okay. Or, or I'm just... To clean the toilet? He might. I don't know. Yeah, you can clean a toilet. I'll paint a wall. I'd hate to clean it, but if that's my calling, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm sure if my wife was on, she'd be like, I've never seen you clean a toilet It ever. depends. I mean, <laughs> some toilets are beyond cleaning. I think we'd have to unbolt it, maybe bolt a new one on in certain cases. And you know what? This might be totally off top, but I'm going to tell you. A few weeks ago, I cleaned my bathroom a lot, but a few weeks ago, I was just couldn't sleep and i just looked at my bathroom i said i'm gonna tackle this and i was in and i was scrubbing hands that's like a meme me. though like 15 minutes later Dude, he's passed no, out on the I floor i was scrubbing <laughs> everything by hand like bleach everything and i said and i looked up and it's funny i looked up and i was like my mom is probably biting her lips like where was that when i was in like why would you, why did you do that in my bathroom but i stood back and just looked at the bathroom it was like bleach and cleanser smell and i was like Ah, and then I messed it up the next day. Like, took a shower, left towels, clothes all over. But whatever. I'm sorry, Sean. Did you have some? 
I had I had two reasons why I think folks don't get involved, and one is I think we've become very complacent as a church, as a body of Christ. I think we're content with sitting in the pews on Sunday, and that's good enough. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying everybody, because there are a lot of people that help, but I think a lot of times we've forgotten that you can, you are also called to help, not just show up on Sunday, not just tithe, but be involved. We're all called. We were all given the same mission from Christ. I think the other problem we have is you have somebody like Tom and Claire are so super involved. You see them out front all the time. I think people get a little intimidated or they come to a conclusion like, man, these guys are so good. Intimidated by Claire, not Tom. Tom doesn't intimidate Yeah, No, but I think people get the misconception like, man, they have this under control because they they do all this stuff. But the problem with that is you got 10% of the church yeah. doing 90% of the work. And the problem is people get burned out and people lose it. And then nobody's stepping up to help. So I think if people would come to the realization that just because somebody is really good at something and somebody is super on top of it and they are awesome at it does not mean they don't need help. So again, like Tom said, you just ask, or you see something going on, just jump in, mm-hmm. you know, find a way, come see us. Like uh, pastor Pete just said, I'm going to have a class coming up here. Um, probably in March called journey. It is a super class for figuring out like your spiritual gifts and and how you kind of fit in, in the church. And it's also a helpful way to shape people, um, and how they fit in a church. And it'd be a good way for people who don't know to come. And then we can kind of see where to kind of steer them towards and give them a guidance of where they kind of could fit in really well. But I think the biggest problem we have, like I said, is the fact that people just assume Oh, look, Claire's going 24-7 hardcore on that. Like, she's doing a great job. Go get them. <laughs> she doesn't need any help because she just does it all. But the problem is they don't see the breakdown in the background. They don't see when she goes home and, and the tears and the, and the pain and, the, and all that stuff that she's got to deal with on that side of this. And, and Tom as well. And so I think people need to, one, remember, we are the body of Christ. Step up and step in. Um, that's a big thing. That was one of the things I kind of learned when I first came into the church in the Nazarene, because I sat for about a year and a half, just kind of taking things in when I became a Christian, but I didn't know where to get involved. And, um, my first mentor was like, listen, you got to step up and step in. You got to figure out where you're going to be. And then I went through the journey class and he just kind of, kind of just shot me in different directions. And you know what I mean? You just got to take, go ahead. Bro. I was going to say, I like, I like where this is going as far as with this church, because it went from, it's now people saying we're going to step up, we're stepping in, and we're letting people know what they can do. That's where it is now. But I can tell you where it was about a year ago. It was Pastor Pete standing in front of the church saying, hey, grass needs to be cut. It might get cut, might not. Yeah. There's <laughs> a board in the back. He'd so, say it, and a, he was the one going out and doing right. it on Saturday he's like, morning. He's like, there's a board in the back, you know, with stuff on it, yeah. you know, get involved, you know. Well, just, and that's what I was just about to say, too. And it's not just been a year, you know, four or five years ago. So the um, I am so proud to be part of our church. And I, I, I felt compelled to stand up in front of church a couple of weeks ago and say this. And, and I'll, re, I'll give the cliff notes right now. But so, you know, our church... When I started coming here, you know, 12 years ago or whatever it was, um, no, 15 years ago, to me, it didn't, it didn't feel like, uh, it felt like it was, something was wrong because everywhere you looked, it was perfect people who weren't, and by perfect people, I mean, they don't want to share their brokenness. They don't want to share their hurt. They want to pretend like everything's okay. And they didn't really get, you know, they really didn't want to expose brokenness in front of others, but for that reason, because it, the people were 
thought they were perfect. And I, by the way, if you're listening, like it's not everybody there. The reason we wanted to stay in this church was one, God wanted us here. And two, there were those steady few, you know, people who, who were just bringing the light for everybody back then, you know, your Gary beans, your Chuck Tuckers and Clark Gregory's. And, you know, there were, there were people who really, um, were keeping it alive, but, but it felt like a weird place because you come in and like everybody acts perfect and there's, really nothing going on because there was no needs expressed. There was no, you know, reaching. It was like, like I have here in the notes, it was like a pond that was getting stagnant. It was just a bunch of people hanging out together, not doing anything. And I want to say like Pastor Larry and Pastor Heather, they started that opening, you know, removing the side of the pond and turning it into a stream. But I, I will say that Pastor Pete, when he came here, he started saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to move as God leads us, we're going to do this by giving everything away. We're going to give away money to people who need it. We're going to give away time to people who need it. We're going to look for the needs and we're going to try to fill the needs. And we're going to give away our building. If somebody wants to use our building, they can come in and get it. I don't care who they are. You know, and he started leading this in us in this very untraditional way. This very way that felt really weird for a while. And now you just start to see like the floodgates are opening, right? You start to see that the stream is turning into a, you know, a small river and it's only growing from there. I mean, we have here on this list that in our church, and I hope we don't forget anybody, but Illumination Ministry, Prodigal Sons, that sounds pretty good. I don't, those guys sound pretty awesome, actually. Dodgeball, Lift Pottstown, Breaking Bread, Front Step, Love and Action Fund, the, we work with the Rotary Club, Pro, Project Outreach. I mean... All that's happening right here in this small little church in a small little town. And we have missionaries too, right? Yeah, we, we fund missionaries that are overseas, <laughs> Matt and Tammy Woodley. You know, it, so this small little church in a small little town with a little bit of help from people's time and people's money and, you know, is we've literally sent people across the other side of the world. What more could we do if we all get in together? Oh, man. <clears throat> so... I had something because Pete and I were talking about this when I, I went to ask him. So, you know, all the the small groups and stuff that we do. So I, went, I was talking to Pete about, you know, we tithe, right? That's what, you know, we do as Christians. And so my, my we were talking and he broke it down for me that the church also does that. Because I know a lot of quiet times people say, oh, the church just collects money and they just do whatever. All those people do is oh, they stand in there, they collect money, they pad their bank accounts, and I don't need to give them my money. Yeah, that's a thought. So <laughs> some people, and a lot of people think that. But when I'm talking to Pete, the church actually gives back 14% of their, whatever they bring in for the year goes back out uh, to the district and to the, to the, the general church fund. To for missions and, and for different programs and stuff that the church does that maybe we're not a part. Of. Matt and Tammy Woodley are in Papua New Guinea. They benefit, that helps them. People like them out there doing that. The stuff that maybe some of us won't do. Um, but I, I think when we talk missions, one of the big things too is people think of people like Matt and Tammy in a third world country where they have to t take buses and and into the wood and it's you know Those it's very rural. That's a missionary. Yeah. Tom and Claire are missionaries. Yeah. We're missionaries. There are people, other people in this church, you're missionaries. The whole point of being a missionary is to go out and make disciples among the nations. And that's finding the broken and finding the lost. And that's our job. I mean, that's what we're supposed, that's what Christ, he only gave us two, mm -hmm. two goals. Love okay. God, love people. Run the government. 
No, he didn't say anything. I wasn't it. part of it. No, no. He said, <laughs> "Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. Give unto God what is God's." But, but we still have to support our political candidates, right? Ah, uh, no, no. Really? No. Nope. That's crazy. That's no, not, get the right people in the positions of power so we can help people. No, you're reverting back to the time you got pushed off. I mean, fell off that roof. Oh, yeah, that was right, 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 right. That's God. God makes that happen, no matter what happens. That's God keeps that in charge of whoever's in charge I, on I, Earth. I so. think what we could all do a little better, and and uh, like Tom was saying, you could scrub a toilet, work in your. I think the, the idea is like when people are thinking about the idea of volunteerism and helping the community, they, they feel like they're going to be put out way out of their comfort zone and, and something they're not good at. But Tom brings up a good point. You could work in your talents. And I would say further than that, you could work in your own brokenness. You know, look at your background. Look at a, look at a time that you were in your life that you were really in pain, really hurt. And then go find somebody who's in that hurt right now and help them. I'm telling you, that's going to be plugging in to get your battery recharged if you can help somebody in that position. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's <clears throat> that's perfectly said. I mean, like you said, working in your talents. Like, I'm I was an okay basketball player, and what what could I do in the church was, you know, I had to camp for the kids. You know what I mean? And then one of the worst times I've ever felt in my life. Um, when I was younger, growing up, the only thing that gave me, you know, peace and, and took me to that place of solitude was going to play basketball. So in my recent brokenness, it was a blessing that the Monday night basketball from six to eight was available because that took me back to where, you know, I was able to work out frustration, get an exercise, let my mind rest, not think about a lot of things. And at the same time, it's ministry because we were fellowshipping with people who came to church, people who didn't come to church, people who had questions. Because one of the things somebody that I know would ask me, he said, you know what, your church, you you, you give your, your tithe to church. And I'm like, yeah. And he was like, well, all churches do is collect money. And I laughed and I said, not my church. Not mine. Not I said, I can see where that money is going. And he was like, well, what do you, he was like, well, what do you mean? I was like, I, I was like, I see people who need help. And I see the church help. Well, what kind of car did your pastor drive? At the time, it was the car before the one he had. I was like, it really doesn't matter. But he's not rolling up in, you know, no luxury, no luxury vehicle. Yeah. You know, even though he doesn't he have to roll up, he can walk on. But he can't even I mean? afford the time to learn how to parallel park. You yeah. know what? Yeah. That, you know what? We should get him parking lessons for his birthday. But I say, we can all just volunteer an hour a week to help exactly, teach him there how to go. There you go. We can volunteer our time to the pastor who who gives so much time to not just us, but the community. One more time to tie into this whole concept that I proposed about God's economy. So the one thing I want to say about our church is you're seeing that it's working backwards. Pastor Pete came in and honestly, I was in the board meetings. People were calling him a rebel and people saying that'll never work. You know, because he's saying we're going to give it away. We're going to give away our time. We're going to give away our, our building. We're going to get out. We're going to we're going to help people. Back then, it was so unusual to walk into church and see a new face. But you know what? These days, you walk in and half the faces are new on any given Sunday. You have twenty new people there, right? Remember and so, faces line up. To... <laughs> but if you think about it, it makes perfect sense in, in God's mind because people are actually looking for a church that's active. They're looking they're not looking for a pond. 
They're looking for a stream. They're looking for a river. They're looking for a church that is actually doing something. Well, they're looking for Jesus. Yeah, and they can find it here. They can find it here. And so you you see that um, we have here in the notes, people aren't looking for a club to belong to. They're not looking to show up and hear some preaching on Sunday. They could do that with their pajamas on and flipping five different channels on their cable box, right? But they're showing up to be where Jesus is and and, and see what he's doing. Because that's unusual in this world where everybody's fighting with each other. Seeing what Jesus is doing in this world is, is phenomenal. And so now you start to see that even though it doesn't make sense to give it away, God's sending reinforcements. He's sending people who are going, I, I haven't been in a church in years, but I like what's going on here. Or my other church wasn't doing anything. Put me to work. You know, so God does make it work if you're willing to step out and do it. So on a micro scale, let's all do that. Let's let's look for a place to work. You know, and I heard it this week on, on the Holy Post podcast. David French said, said, and I hate, I'm not trying to piss people off, but he said, everybody talks about voting for abortion. Why aren't they volunteering at a crisis pregnancy center? Because they are understaffed and underfunded. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your time where your mouth is. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Go out and do something. So, I mean, yeah. They, um, I mean, I usually wrap it up to uh, bring it back to Christ. And, and that's basically what we've been doing this whole show is showing you exactly how to bring it back to Christ. They, I mean, uh, Sean said that people come to this, shirt, to this church looking for Jesus, right? Dave said people come to this church because it's an active church, right? Because we're, we're trying to be active and, and get out there and do different ministries, right? Jesus is the lamb, right? The lamb came to be sacrificed, which is what Jesus did. So people come to the church to be with Jesus. Jesus is the lamb. Jesus calls us to be a lamb. And to sacrifice ourselves for the kingdom of God. What does that mean? So real quick, of course, I'm going to go back to my favorite book that I always go to. And I, of course, I'm going to read again. Because I don't even have to come up with, with, with reasons to tie it up. It's just all in this book right here. So he calls us to be a living sacrifice, right? So I'm going to be reading from Romans 12. Just two verses. One and two. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that we will find the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. This is truly the way to worship him. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn. To know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Mm -hmm. See how that works? See how that works? And then, and then, you'll learn God's will for you. You'll learn your purpose, right? Is that not amazing? And, 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 and I don't really have to go into much detail because you have done a phenomenal job explaining this topic today. And very good. Very good. And, and, and listen... Dave earlier again said 10 minutes of, of, of your week makes a big difference in serving God, right? So if you're thinking I only have 10 minutes a week, then sacrifice those 10 minutes a week. Those 10 minutes a week will make a difference in, in, in God's eyes because he knows your heart. He knows 
they only have 10 minutes of free time and they're donating that time to me. That's more than a person donating hours of hours that has like, you know, it, it's the same thing. The funny thing about that 10 minutes is you can say, I only have 10 minutes to spare. And once you're in the ministry and you're <laughs> fellowshipping and you're loving what you're doing, an hour is going to go by and you're not going to be upset because you were helping out. And you were, you know, you were, you were, you were involved in a ministry. And then next week you're going to be like, Hey, I got an hour to spare. That 10 is going to jump to yeah. 60 yeah. before you know it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing. And, and just to wrap it up before we get into prayer, the, um, ah, I just got a brain freeze. You didn't uh, drink anything. Oh, no, I know. I had it. I had it. What was I going to say? All right, let's start doing prayer requests, and hopefully, I'll think about it. So, but I was going to say, I'm, I'll I'll talk for a second. If you remember, just raise your hand. I'll call on you. <laughs> but we say, and I'm not saying this to be a jerk. I say it too, okay? But we we hear all the time. I never have enough time. I never have enough time. I don't have enough time to help these people. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. If you can tell me what happened in season three of Cobra Kai. You have time. And by the way, I think we can all tell you can what we, happened in season every three. Single, <laughs> if you if you if you're watching The Mandalorian, you have time. And it's one of those things that that uh that they say uh you know, this term came out, the one percenters, the one percenters, the one percenters. We are all I, and I'm sure you've all heard we are all one percenters. If you look at America versus other countries, you know, we're even if you're working at Wawa, you're in the one percent globally. You have time. You have money to help. So what I was going to say earlier was, you know, we, we, we sacrifice our time, and that's the way we find our purpose in life, right? Yeah. Well, here's the beautiful thing. That once you're able to find that purpose in life, then you're able to experience heaven on earth. And when you're able to experience the kingdom of God now, oof. <laughs> Take it away, Sean. We got to go to prayer after that. All right, guys. If you have any more prayer requests, please feel free to post them at this time. Uh, I'm going to go around. If I miss them, I will add them to my list and pray for them throughout the week. But let's start over to my right. Dave, what do you got this week? I'm going to keep it corny and keep it simple that we could all find a way this week to volunteer, to give a little time, to help somebody in need, and to start discovering what that purpose is that God has called us for. Right. I notice you keep bumping into your mic. Hasn't happened. It just happened twice. No, you need to put your glasses back on. I did not. <laughs> Tom, what do you got? I got a praise. Praise it up. I got a praise um, because I'm really happy right now because something happened and this week and and it was resolved in the way it should have been resolved. And God is happy right now, and and I'm happy, and and the person that I speak of knows I'm speaking of them. And it's awesome. Yeah. All right. So situations being righted. Yeah. Did you buy me a pie? <laughs> That's all I heard was that you got me a pie. Elijah, well, what That is a praise. Did we skip Bernie or did he leave? Bernie, Bernie took off. He Bernie took off. As soon as we started talking Jesus, dude, took off. Bernie, as soon as we started Bring him back real quick. Bring him, Bring him back for prayer. Bring him back for because he's already in the position. <laughs> Let me know when he's back so he can tell me what he wants. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead, Elijah. Go ahead, Elijah. <laughs> Bernie wants warmer gloves. Warmer. Um, <clears throat> I just want to pray for growth. Amen. Amen. That's such an unselfish prayer. No, not Tom's height. Oh, Dave. Oh, that's oh, not that. 
thought you were praying for me for growth. No, why, would, just, why, just, why would you even say that, Elijah? Just growth in ministry, just growth in spirit, just growth in, just growth, period. Growth. Mm -hmm. Those are the kind of prayers that King Solomon used to do to God, asking for wisdom. Mm -hmm. I love that prayer request. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to pray for uh, the McGovern family this week. Uh, it's a co-worker. Uh, she lost her brother. Obviously, the family lost a son. Um, so I'm going to pray for them this week. Keep them in our prayers. Sarah, what do you got? Um, I think uh, it's a, a bit of a vague praise that I, uh, I'm getting a, a new doctor and um, things are turning around for uh, my my health situation. Cool. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Young man, you got anything this week to pray for? My grades. Your grades? <laughs> All right. Hey. That's a great, that's awesome. You and Andres both. <laughs> uh, he's my kid. I'll call him out on the air. I hope he's home watching right now. <laughs> got some more things to check over tonight. He's probably home watching. He's not doing homework. He's not doing homework. I don't think he's watching either. He's probably watching The Mandalorian. So... Uh, <laughs> Alright guys, let's go ahead and pray I'm not tilting my head down <laughs> Father God, as always, we just thank you For bringing us together Giving us the opportunity to, to do your work The things that you've called us to, Lord Because I'll be honest, in ministry I've done many things And If you give me the opportunity to do the thing That I love Giving me a place In your plan to speak for you, Lord, I just thank you for that in every way. Lord, this week we want to pray that we start moving. We start becoming the hands and feet. Yes, Lord. We start representing Christ to the world in every aspect of our life, in every moment. We find places to volunteer. We find a way to throw an extra 10 to somebody who could use it. We find all the reasons to do the things that you put in front of us to do, Lord. We pray that you would open our eyes to those situations this week and going forward. Lord, we praise you. You know the situations that come up in life. You know everything that happens. And however it's seen, however it's unseen, you see it all. And you make those situations right in your way. So we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, all the time, trying to find time, trying to find extra money. Help us to grow, Lord. Let us grow in you so we can see the areas that you're calling us to serve in. Because you know how you've designed us. You know where we're going to fit best. So help us to get out of our own way so that we can see your plan unfold before our eyes. Lord, sorry, Lord. Uh, I want to pray for the McGovern family this week as they lost a young member of the family. Uh, be with them in this chaotic and confusing time, Lord. Bring some peace and some solace to that situation, Lord. Lord, for Sarah and the situations getting right and getting new doctors, new new ideas, and getting on the right path for what she needs in her life, Lord. You know that. Continue to make that happen on a daily basis, Lord. Lord, for Elijah, Lord, teach that boy how to open a book, sir. Show him, give him the power to learn and retain. 
Give him the opportunity to want to learn, to do the things. You gifted him, Lord. Show him how to use that to benefit the, your glory, Lord. Lord, uh, for Ashley, who's having a procedure tomorrow, be with her this week uh, for tomorrow, uh, that everything would go smoothly, everything would go exactly as you have planned, everything would go out smooth and better on the other side. Lord, for unspoken prayer this week, you know what it is. You hear it all. You collect all of our tears, Lord. You collect all of our praise, and you deserve all of it. So, Lord, be with the unspoken prayers this week. But, Lord, I ask that not just at this table, not just in this room, not just in this building, because this is a church, but we it is not the church. It is not your church. Let the church grow. Let your people grow. Let your people go forth and shine Christ to the world. Mm -hmm. Let us continue the mission that Jesus started 2,000 years ago, Lord. Yes, Lord. Open our eyes and our ears and let us not be complacent any longer. You say we can be hot or cold, but lukewarm is not in your wheelhouse. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So take away the complacency. If we choose to be cold, we choose to be cold. But Lord, put us on fire for you. Let us do the work that Jesus taught us to do. Because you've been so gracious in blessing us. Though we don't deserve it, allow us to grow and to learn and to be more like you that we can help be a blessing unto those who have never seen your face. Let them see the face of Jesus every time we step into the world, Lord. I ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Before I close this out, you guys got anything you want to say? I enjoy Wednesdays when I get to sit with you all. Tuesdays? Wednesdays. <laughs> Wednesdays. During the planning meetings? Wednesdays. Oh, man, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Because but... I'm not sitting with you. Oh, uh, well. That's unchristlike. You know, they say truth. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I take that back. Sean let me know that was unchristlike. I'm Anybody sorry. else? Anybody else? Why? You don't want to get cut off? I don't want to get cut off. Listen to that. He's preparing himself. Hey, All right. We won't cut you off. Hey, we'll we'll before before you do it. This better be phenomenal. Before you do it. Yeah, let me get it out. Okay, I feel like you could do that later. You know, they say true genius is never appreciated until you're gone. But I want you guys to know that I appreciate you now. That's not the closing. I just thought I'd let you know. You'll figure it out later. Well, this has been episode number 45. If we made you laugh, if we made you think, please click that like button on your Facebook live stream. You can also find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You know, in the vein of giving what you can give, you guys probably have never heard the name York Larisi. He was a basketball player, and one night he went out and did what he could do, and he scored nine points. And that was the night that Will Chamberlain, who was on his team, scored 100. <laughs> so my point is, Give what you can give if you're on the winning team. It'll all work out. Wow. Love you guys. Have a great night. See you Love next you week. All. Wow, Mike. That was a good one. That was a good one. If you're on the winning team. We are on the winning team. Out. We're on Team Amen. Jesus. Wow. wow.